Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. I love you so badly. I could... They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. WKRP in Cincinnati. And that was the song Bobby Blaze by the Tim Dombrova Experience. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Purple Blaze. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. I am the morning DJ host around here, Dr. Jeremy Fever, and uh, we're about ready to do a handoff to Bobby Flytrap, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him into the studio a little early. Well, happy Thanksgiving, man. Yeah. Glad to be here early. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Thanksgiving. I've got things that I'm hoping to be thankful for this year. <laughs> you know. Okay. Well, it's been, uh, you know, again, like you say, this year has been as fucked up as a can of fishing worms. So, That's right. yeah. But I'm remaining optimistically hopeful. <laughs> oh man! But let's see. I'm thankful for the fans, Jeremy. Let me say, I'm first. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm thankful for the fans, but also I'm thankful for the inner. Internet. My internet's up. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go out this week. Um, I'm thankful for my health uh, thus far. Uh, started off rough this year, but I, um, fuck, I'm thankful for my health right now. Um, I'm thankful I got a roof over my head and a bed to sleep in, man. I'll start with those things, and then from there we'll break it down further. How's that? Yeah, well. Come on, you got something. You got a futon to be thankful for uh, or something, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you have futon, we'll travel. That's my motto. <laughs> Uh, just roll it up throw it in your back and go yeah you know i am thankful that three uh, drug companies have announced a possible vaccine Um, yes i am thankful that dr seuss's new book things i will put up your ass if you don't put on that fucking mask has come out (laughs) um you know that's that's pretty good i I hope it's not a shitty read (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I am thankful for our fans and listeners out there. I am thankful. Absolutely. I am thankful we got this show back together. Yes. I am thankful that my mom is cooking dinner, and ever since I got divorced, I don't have to cook the turkey anymore. Um. Yeah, those See, are all. Yeah, there's something positive. That's there's it. There's something positive. Um, you know, I'm thankful for a lot of things, and uh, I'm thankful for you, Professor, because we got this podcast back together. Um, so yeah, I'm thankful for the podcast, man. I am appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to put in a thank you to all the, um, veterans in the United States, uh, of America, uh, things crazy everywhere right now. But, uh, if you're a veteran, I want to say thank you. Uh, one of my sons is currently serving this country and I appreciate that and respect him for that. With that, I wanted to take that somewhere. I've got a special shout out. I'm putting out my thank yous. So, uh, Marty Howe, 71. At um, uh, Martin House 71, brother sent me three masks. I've got a pin me, pay me mask. I've got a little blaze mask with some flames on it. And he sent me one kind of a luchador uh, type uh, with a bunch of masks on it, a mask on a mask that I'm going to wear under my mask maybe. You know, so uh, also I want to say because uh, Marty is a, a United States Marine veteran. So thank you, Marty, for the mask. Thank you for serving this country. And uh, thanks for being a listener, man. He's a friend of the show. Um, he also listens to, uh, uh, of course, the uh, BTNT um, over there at the uh, Booking a Terror podcast. He's a 
Ron Fuller fan, of course, like we all are, a Jim mm-hmm. Cornette fan. Um, so he listens to a lot of the same podcasts that you and I listen to, and he's a hell of a good dude, man. I appreciate that very much. So that's one thing to be thankful for, some some new math to wear. Um, so uh, anyway, let's see. Thankful for uh, – fuck, you know what? I read that Matthew McConaughey book, uh, Green Lights. It's all about positivity and catching green lights. And I'll tell you something to be thankful for because, you know, if you got a pair of shoes in your feet, be thankful. Because he said, you know, one one of the little lessons you get when you're young, when you're a young kid, you're bitching and complaining about something. And you don't get something you want, maybe. And uh, he's bitching about a pair of tennis shoes one day he got. And his mom said, well, you keep bitching about them shoes and I'll take you and show you the man with no feet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm thankful. Uh, just to have a damn pair of shoes, Jeremy. You know, that's a, a good thing. Um, just thankful for a lot of things, man. Yeah. It's, uh, um, you know, I, I kind of talk it down a little bit because this year is oh, so yeah. goofy. But there's, there's a lot to be, you know, positive about. There's a lot to be hopeful about. So yeah. let's, uh, you know, let's hope that all pans out. Um, well, let's ahead. do something special this year. Let's, um, Let's uh, maybe go out and drop some turkeys. Oh, yeah, that? yeah. Um, so I, I guess we're still playing around with how we're going to do this. But one of the things, yeah. one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving is the WKRP episode, Turkeys Away. Yeah. Which we are actually naming our show after this uh, this week. <clears throat> it involved a, uh, a turkey giveaway <laughs> from 10 or 15,000 feet, I believe. Yeah. Uh, where they just started throwing turkeys out of a helicopter to the awaiting crowd below. And it is, we're actually going to, I'm going to play that bit, you know, before this episode's over, just so everybody can hear it. Cause it is so damn funny, but, um, you know, so we're kind of talking about WKRP, which yeah. this, this was in its first season, which was in 1978. So we also went out and dug up some 1978 wrestling facts. That's right. Yeah. So I think we'll, uh, we're going to keep it short this week for Thanksgiving, but we're going to kind of do some, some talking about what was going on in 1978. And then we'll cut to the, uh, we'll cut to our man on the street, Les Nessman. <laughs> I can't wait for that, man. We'll just stay back to the studio. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait for that, uh, report at this time. How's that's, that? That's it. That's so. it. Um, so going back to 1978, a couple things I pulled up was that Harley Race was champion all year that year, did not hand off his title. And there's a thing about Harley Race that I love more than, in, than anything else, and it's that usually a heel champ cheats because they have to to stay champ. Harley Race cheated because he liked to. <laughs> it was a completely, <laughs> completely different thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because he's a heel. Yep, because he's a heel. Because he was a heel. See, Harley that's Race. That's what heels do. Yep, Harley <laughs> Race can beat you anyways. But he's going to yeah. go ahead and cheat because he's a heel. And that's. I'm sure that win. That's it. Um, Dusty Rhodes was Wrestler of the Year in 1978. Man, the American Dream. All right. Yeah. Dusty. So we got, Let's what see. is that, four or five years from his uh, face turn to being Wrestler of the Year? Yeah. Let's see. 78. So Dusty. I don't think, um, let me think, 78. Nope, I hadn't seen Harley or Dusty in person at that point. A um, lot of magazine covers, both of them, during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just trying to think. I was trying to think the first time I saw Dusty in person. So, uh, yeah, anyway, rest of the year, PWI. 
What else you got there? Who was the tag team of the year? Oh, tag team of the year would have been Ricky Steamboat and Paul Jones. Hmm. I Man, never... I was just... Oh, go go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say... I was just... <laughs> <laughs> Happy fucking Thanksgiving. No. Um, I was going to say, my brother and I was just talking the other day about um, Ricky Steamboat and his partner, Jay Youngblood. Because um, I, I think we were talking a couple of weeks back about... The uh, Briscoe brothers. Yeah. And I think I shared a Terry Funk story about leaving. What we was talking about was one of the one of the Briscoes when he was leaving, he just he got off the plane from Tampa, he got on a plane at Tampa, got off in New York or wherever, told his brother, Hey, I was smoking a cigarette his way before nine one one, of course, or whatever, and was going across the tarmac and went right over and bought a ticket right back to Tampa. He said, Tell him I'm done and never look back on it. You know, one of the Briscoes. So uh, uh that Jack, right, I'm sorry. Um so we was talking about them, and I said the only really good match that I really recall seeing them together was against Ricky Steamboat and uh, Jay Youngblood. They had a really good tag team, but I never saw Ricky Steamboat and Paul Jones together. Did, did you did you see them at that time or not? No. Um, and so at this point here, what would have been available to me was uh, San Francisco. Okay. And so Dusty, Dusty, you come through here. I guess he even wrestled downtown here in Modesto a couple times. Um, and I believe for a bit, Dusty Rhodes was U.S. champion he, in this territory. Okay. Um, I'd have to go back and find the year, but I'm pretty sure he held the U.S. title here at one point. Yeah. We were getting Memphis at this point, and we also got ICW out of Lexington. Memphis uh, being Memphis, Tennessee, Lawler, and, and the Jarrett's and that group, and then uh, Popos and, you know, Savage and, and – uh, Hustler Rip Rogers and Bob Wharton Jr.'s Malenko's, they were in the, um, they were in ICW at that time, um, that we got on Saturday nights. They, they used to have a really good time slot. Then we started getting it late at night on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, Dusty would have come through maybe with the Sheik's territory up in West Virginia, maybe. NWA would have come through there, but I hadn't been up to that, up, up. At that point in 78, I hadn't seen them, you know, up, up in that area yet. Yeah. I don't think I went to a show. See, I know I was 15 when I went to a show in Huntington, but I don't, it was a no chic show. Like I said, I don't think Dusty would, would, would was on or I would have remembered it like I remembered Andre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I know he didn't come here. Um, probably came through Memphis. I mean, you know, for sure on Memphis on seeing the TV, but not through this area, you know, when they was touring up this way. So, well, and Dusty uh, at this uh, point, he was a, he was like an event wrestler at this point. He yeah. Was, he was a guy you brought in to draw numbers. You yeah, know, I mean, they would they would fly him out to New York on occasion to go against superstar yeah. Billy Graham, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I may have seen him like, you know, uh, probably 77, 78, somewhere that time, just in magazines mostly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so most popular of the year, of course, is Dusty Rhodes. Yep. So, so that's what we were talking about, Dusty there. Yeah, yeah he was uh, wrestler of the year and most popular, which gets us to the most hated yeah. And it was Ric Flair who yeah. who eventually became the most loved because he was so well hated. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the well, I, argument to be made, greatest NWA champion of all time, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe. I think most people will say, uh, I don't know, maybe that's a question for this week. We'll see. Uh, might have to have a question out there for all of our listeners. I don't Name these songs and win $5,000. It's as easy as that. <laughs> there we go. And uh, back to the wrestling. Name these 10 wrestlers. Uh, 
We're going to go through quite a few here in a minute, but we still got some more to go through. So you got Flair from going to the most hated wrestler of the year yep. to uh, the most improved wrestler of the year. Who was that? Uh, number one with a bullet, Dino Bravo. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, you had to add that, didn't you? Well, you know. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Damn. Oh, Jesus. Holiday season will get you, Jeremy. It'll it, get you, it, man. Really, it really does. You know, um, there used to be a thing that nobody wanted to go with me to Midnight Mass for Christmas because they were afraid that one year a lightning bolt really would come through the window um, well you know catholics are a little superstitious so that's that's why people looked at it that way but they were just like the shit that comes out of your mouth oh i know i know oh uh, that's why we love you professor thank you, really thank you. um okay. this next uh, one i don't there must be a story here that i'm missing the pwi most inspirational wrestler of the, of the year was blackjack mulligan yeah, when I saw that, I had two things to think of. One, he served in the service, so, I, you know, that's cool because um, he was a USMC. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm drawing a blank, too. He must have done something that year to be most inspirational. Did he make a comeback? Did he um, turn face? Uh, you know, I'm not sure what happened either. So if he went out there knows, um, you can hit us up here at WKRP in Cincinnati. I mean, no, excuse me. You can hit us up in <laughs> modern times. There's a thing in the future, Jeremy. I think yes. you're gonna like it. It's called Twitter. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Hit me up at Twitter at um, let's see, Venus Flytrap and um, no, wait a minute. I'm still all right. We're Josh, all over the place no. here. Yeah. Okay. Back to reality. Okay. Hit me up at Bobby Blaze 744. Hit the professor up at the Giga Cast or hit us up at um, Bell to Bell Blaze. We're also on those are all on Twitter. We're on a Facebook feed at Bell to Bell Blaze. Um, maybe someone knows out there why in 1978, uh, PWI's most inspira inspirational wrestler was Black Jack Mulligan. It's not a test, folks. You ain't got to study or anything. If someone knows, just, yeah, you know, let us know. Have to research it big time. If you know it, just send it. You know, that'd be, that'd be really cool. Well, it could it be because people still wore mustaches a lot in 1978, <laughs> right? Yeah, those porn mustaches. Yeah. Well, maybe people were inspired by Black Jack Mulligan's magnificent mustache. You know what? Speaking of hair, Bush was popular in 1978. You know that? Bush was available in 1978. Some of you girls out there, grow some hair. Hey, it's supposed to be no shave November. Thankfully, I haven't got any dick pics. I don't think we got any female listeners, but if we do, send me a damn picture of your no shave November beaver babies. I'll be like in the back of an old hustler, uh, man, at a beaver hunt, man. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there was some beavers in the beaver hunt, let me tell you. In 1978, every woman looked like they had buckwheat in a, in a head scissor. Yeah. <laughs> they had some well, un, untrimmed, untamed back in the day, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Let's, well, hey, go ahead. You have something to say it? about hair? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got hair in your mouth? <laughs> well, I was going to, I was going to say, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, wild, the okay. PWI. I'm going to say something about some fried chicken and cold beer. <laughs> Cause I'm going to tell you, oh, <laughs> we're Jesus recording Christ. this, man. We're getting ready for some, uh, some turkey and stuff and stuffings and, and stuff. But, uh, um, anyway, rookie of the year. Tommy Wildfire Rich, man. Imagine that, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, Pittsburgh, Tennessee down there. What not, a stud, man. Not too many years after this, um, he would be world champion. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Wildfire Rich, man. Yeah, for, for a day or two. I, I wonder who had a shorter reign, Ron Garvin or Tommy Rich? 
Yeah, I think uh, Richard was a week. I think wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think it was. I think it was five, five or seven days. I remember it was. It was in Georgia there, and I know it was a. Uh, I don't know if it was a full week, is what I was getting at. From the time he got it to the following uh, week, it might have been five or six days. So well, you know, yeah, and you know, if rumors are true, you know, like after that week, he was like, "Damn it, Jim Barnett, I didn't, I didn't do all that for a week." <laughs> oh man, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> Man, are you <laughs> tell you you're hardcore this week, Professor? Damn, oh man, you're gonna get us fired now. Here's this WKLP gig, I tell you. Man. Well, as long as as long as Andy and uh, Mr. Carlson don't hear us, we'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, maybe we can hook up with Jennifer and Bailey. I don't know. Well, you you know, I, I you go ahead and take Jennifer. I'll uh, I'll take Bailey. Uh, yeah, I could tag it at too. I wouldn't well, mind. Yeah, I'd take one of Yeah, yeah, I, I'm fine with either way. But yeah. know, there's always something about Bailey that I just uh, always really liked, and uh, you know. Okay, would you take yeah. Joyce DeWitt or uh, Suzanne Summers? Ooh, out of those, I would definitely go with Suzanne Summers. Oh, I'd take Joyce DeWitt then. Yeah, no my problem. my dad was a Joyce DeWitt fan too. Um, okay, I'll take her. Yeah, I mean, now look, I mean, yeah, I'm not kicking her out of bed for eating soup crackers or nothing. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh man, who else we got out there? Oh, we got uh, PWI Manager of the Year, Arnold uh, Arnold, Arnold Scoland. Yeah, and he was managing Bachman, right? Uh, I believe he was with Bachman, yeah, with uh, Bachman okay. at this point. And, My question is, mm-hmm. did he have the title all of 78 or not? Because uh, I knew Bachman had the title mm. of 78 uh, in the WWF, okay? And when I saw that you had Harley Race up there, which is fine with me, I was just wondering why, if not, um, you didn't have, uh, just curious, didn't have uh, Bob Backlund up here, well, but also uh, Arnold Scullin, uh Now he's 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 managing the babyface, right? Yes, I mean, that's, yeah. That's the whole thing. He carried around the towel and he carried around the money or whatever. But he basically was. How is that? Is has that happened before or since? Am I drawing a blank somewhere here? Why am I? You know, why does the babyface have the manager? What was you know what I'm saying? Has that been done a lot more since then or not? I don't hmm. think so. Well, okay, so if I were if I were going to think about this, I can't think of a lot of babyface managers. I mean, there was that brief right. period with Jimmy Hart and Hogan, so we mm-hmm. count that. Uh, we're not going to count valets because that's not the same. Right. Um, let's think. Let me think. Um, well, you I, might have a second or something. You know, some matches don't have that second, but that's not, again, the same. As yeah, it's not the same as a manager, yeah. 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 Um, Jeez. Um, I don't know. Just something to think about. But anyway, I guess, and I know Backlund, I don't know if he had the title the whole year of 78 or not like Race did. He may have got it, you know, I'm not sure. Again, again, hit us up and let us know, man. Um, real quickly, Jeremy, um, I'm just going to give us a, a, a couple book plugs here, get these in and out of the way this week. Um, on Amazon, the professor's got it set up. If you'd like to buy one of my books to help – the show gets a little bit of kickback. That's the way it basically works. If you purchase a book, the show gets a little bit of a kickback um, through the Amazon affiliate account, and it does come back to the program some. With that said, I have two books out there. Both of them are available by using the tiny URL. I've got Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boostable Travel. Just hit tinyurl.com, Blaze Book One. If you like, I kicked out on two, The Educational Wrestler, just go to tinyurl.com, Blaze Book Two. Okay, appreciate it very much. Um, you know, 
I don't know what the deal with Amazon. They get shit sent to you pretty quick. I got Prime and I bought um, something the other day and I got it very next day. I actually delivered on a Sunday, believe it or not. They delivered on a Sunday. Um, I got some um, CPAP cleaners for my CPAP and um, I knew I was running out. So, you know, I got about seven or eight left. I start to order them. They came when I ordered them on a damn Saturday. They came on my doorstep at, on a Sunday the next day. So anyway, what I'm getting at is with the holidays coming up, being Thanksgiving, you know what's coming next. Santa Claus coming to town. Yep. You better get them books ordered now. That's all I'm saying. Because you don't know what's going on with packages and, and Amazon and, and uh, the Corona and all that stuff out in the world. Order your damn book. And get it in the mail ASAP before Christmas time, or drop ship it to someone else that you uh, might think they would enjoy one of my books. Okay, that's enough of the book talk. We're going to go back to 1978 here in just a second yep. and talk about some other happenings around well, the world of professional wrestling. I'm gonna okay. So I just went and looked it up just so I would know because now I'm curious. Uh, okay. Bob Backlund won the title in February of 1978. Okay. He was champion the rest of the year. Uh, actually, he was champion for the next uh, five years, I think. Well, no, because hold on, there's the the fake Inoki win. Okay. Uh, then it's quote unquote vacated, but I really they just pretended like it never happened. So yeah. Shout out to uh, I am vacated out there. Yep. Shout out to him real quick. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Yep. And so, then it goes all uh, the way up to the Sheik beating him uh, when most popular uh, manager Arnold Scullin threw in the towel. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, there's some uh, trivia for you, some history for you. Um, I knew he was champion in 78. I just didn't know when he had won it in 78, so February. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh, so now I got to do this. Okay. Uh, in 1978, AWA world champion was Nick Bockwinkle for his, okay. his third year going into uh, – no, November of 78 was his third year as world champion. So he had it all year then, yep. uh, from 76 and 77 both then, what you're saying. Yeah, much. he won it in 75 cool. and then held on to okay. it until 1980 when Grandpa Vern uh, okay. came out of retirement, apparently. Yeah, you know, so, and there, there look at that. that. Let's not go off on some big tangent of your fucking Mount Rushmore's out there, people, because, you know, Jeremy... You and myself and Tex, we had several ideas on doing something like that. But just for today's sake, let's just say this. If you got three people right now, you know who it's going to be. It's going to be Harley Race, Bob Backlund, and uh, um, Nick Bockwinkle. Nick Bockwinkle right there. Okay. that that's, that's three. I know you could put four up there. You're going to say, well, give us a bonus, one for five or whatever. Let's just say right now, and that year, that's three pretty damn good world champions right there. Yep. Well, so, okay, let's say we're doing a Mount Rushmore, and those three have to be on there, and you need the fourth yeah. position. I am going to go ahead and go with Luthez. Okay. I'm not adding one. I'm going to stay right yep. here at 78, read my fucking PWI magazine, and this is who I know is champion. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep, exactly. I'm hoping to get a letter in the mail from my uncle that may have went to a show at the Civic Center, and he sends me a, a handbill or something, you know. Um I went to the show at the Armory and saw, in fact, as a first year, and only time the Memphis uh, Territory come to the National Guard Armory uh, with a, with the crew. But um, we got ICW back then, had those guys coming through. Oh, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. 
keeping it there. That's a, but yeah, I can see Thaz. That's a good one, you know, for your Mount Rushmore. That's good. Well, well, let's kick around some ideas or some different show dates around Thanksgiving of that year. All right. Um, since we're kind of around, say in the '78, let's just stay there and throw out some show dates. I think you got one a week before Thanksgiving you'd like to mention. Uh, yeah. So in Dallas on November 19th, 1978, Carrie, David, and Kevin, David, and Carrie Von Eric defeat Bruiser Brody, Gino Hernandez, and White Knight. Um. Okay, so with uh, White Knight, I'm assuming was a mask guy and probably yeah. was Mark Lewin or somebody. Um, yeah. But that's that's a hell of a draw right there. The Von Erichs versus Brody and Gino. I mean, well, that's what I'm gonna look at each these cards. Absolutely, look at that that fucking main event, man. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild, man. Uh, because with your next match, Dusty Rose, you just said was traveling around. Yep. And you know, and he's first and he drew Mark Lewin. There's another hell of a good match right yep. there. I had to. You know, had to be a good draw. Yep. Um, you know, you know what's funny here is I'm I'm pretty familiar with most names that were working in the late seventies through the eighties. Right. Al Madrill and Bill White are not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, I've heard Al Madrill's name, Bill White, not so much. I mean, I know who Bill Smith is, Bill Thomas is, and 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 Bill Tom Thomas, you know, but I don't know about Bill White. Um, I know Billy Black, but that's in the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't affect us here. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure either, to be honest with you. Um, and then uh, Ishiban, number one. I guess that's uh, number one in J- Japanese, Ishiban. I wrestled the Ishiban kid one time in the future, just so you know. Oh, yeah? Um, good little kid, too, yeah. But anyway, uh, Ish- in Dallas in 1978, Ishiban, number one, defeated Gamma Singh. Yep, man. I, I so guess I guess in Japan that would just be Ichiban, Ichiban. Yeah, Ichiban, Ichiban, exactly. Yeah. Ichiban tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. And it turns out that Ichiban was probably a mass band, so I'm gonna bet it was Keiji Muto. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> That's your answer for every mask man for the last. Since we've been back on the air. <laughs> yes, yes. It, well, it's because, Bobby, every time I turn around, I go, well, who's this guy wearing a mask in Japan? Oh, it was Keiji Muto. <laughs> oh, who's that guy playing White Ninja? Oh, it's Keiji Muto. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Um, before we go on, I'm just wondering if um, if we could uh, – just glad we still got the Internet going on out here, man. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, making sure that everything's going. We're, we haven't dropped any, I don't think. Uh, that's a good thing, so we're thankful for that. Uh, let's see. I think we're going to go across the country to actually to, uh, in 1978, Thanksgiving Day was on uh, November the 23rd, it looks like. And I know we got three uh, three shows we're going to talk about, correct? Yep. It took place on uh, 11 23 1978. The first one we're going to start off with is over at the Norfolk. Uh, over at the Scope Center in Norfolk, uh, Virginia. Norfolk, Virginia at the Scope Center. There you go, Bobby. Spit it out. Um, name the name main event on that match, man. Well, that would be the world champion Harley Race against Paul Jones. Number one, Paul Jones. Ichiban, Paul Jones. Ichiban. <laughs> you sold it, man. That's fast. You're fast this week, man. Man. You're quick-witted in and getting it all in this week. Yeah, okay. Then next we had uh, someone we spoke very uh, briefly about um, uh, last match, uh, last week, rather, but uh, that was uh, Greg Ballantyne 
at this time. He's teaming with Baron Von Raschke, and they beat Jimmy Snuka and Paul Orndorff. Now, listen to these names, yeah. people. This is a fucking, this is a hot fucking uh, card when you go and see it, man. I mean, this is this is cool. Uh, Jock Goulet and Rudy Kay beat Ted Oates and Jerry Oates, the Oates brothers. Think they're out of Georgia. Uh, Skip Young beat Gene Anderson. That sounds like an upset to me. That does. Um, um, are we sure we got that right? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like huh. an upset. Uh, Abe Jacobs uh, beat Mr. X number two. Now, there you go. Told you a story about meeting Dr. X. Uh, duh, 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 I don't even want to go there. Uh, anyway, um, Mr. X number two is just a guy in a mask. Not sure who it would have been in 1978. They couldn't afford uh, Mr. X number one is what happened. No, they couldn't. They nope. they spent all their money on Harley Race and Paul Jones. Yeah, I bet they got a good payoff that night. I bet this, they man. did. Uh, Herb Galante beat uh, Joe uh, Parlardi. Is that how you say it? Pilar- Pilar- yeah, Pilardi. <clears throat> okay. Two guys that up, yeah. yeah, two two guys that don't really stand out to me in memory either. But you know, there's yeah. gonna be a few of those, so that's okay. You know what? Honestly, back in Paul Jones's day, Paul Jones versus Harley Race would have been a hell of a match. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. 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 And Paul Jones was a fucking stretcher back in his day, man. Ugh. Yeah. I, man. He he really was kind of that last last old school style of hookers that really, you know, come in yeah. and really tie your ass up kind of guys, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. All right. That was over Virginia. Let's go over to the Carolinas. More specifically, let's go to Greensboro. Uh, North Carolina at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some familiar names here everyone should recognize. Uh, Mr. Lightning, our uh, our commissioner, Steve Regal, beat Frank Monte. Is that correct? That is correct. Looks like that would have got to go from the bottom of the card to the top of the card this time. Um, we got Don Canoodle beating uh, Steve Muslin. Um, here you go. Oh. This is interesting right here coming up. Richard Blood... And Jay Youngblood beat Mr. X number one and Chris Tullis. Oh. Now, just last week, I was asking about, I think, uh, Ricky Steamboat, right? No? Um, who are we talking about? Yeah, we. Team with, um, Paul Jones and Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, they. Okay. This, yeah, this is kind of odd. Yeah, look at this. Okay, it's, Richard Blood. Yeah. Is Ricky Steamboat. Um, okay, I don't think Gary Young is Jay Youngblood. I think that's something. No, else. I don't think yeah. so. That's because I thought about them. I'm trying to think. But then here you got Mr. X number one. He's over in Greensboro, where um, in Norfolk, Mr. X or yeah, Mr. X number two was over there. See. So they split up the X's that night. Yeah, huh? that night. That's what it looks like. So there was a tag team that would have been Mr. X, Mr. X one and Mr. X two, if they weren't a tag team. I don't know. Um, anyway, they split them up because there's Mr. X over the Scope Center, and then there's one at the Coliseum in Greensboro. So anyway, they, they uh, uh, then you got Jay Youngblood, who was mentioned talking about his teaming with Ricky Steamboat mm-hmm. last. I know we talked about that yeah. a little bit, but here he is teaming with Johnny Weaver, um, and he beat uh, Burt Bernard, Brute Bernard, and Sweet Hanson. So Johnny Weaver. Is still doing the Johnny Weaver gimmick, right? Yep. At that point, no. Okay. They so he's they over ha- that territory. Yeah, they wouldn't have him he down as Johnny Weaver if he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tony Atlas beat Ken Patera by DQ. Wait a minute. There, hold on. There's something goofy going on here. This, this is. I don't know. Um, let me just read them out, and then we'll go back. 
Ricky Steamboat beat John Studd, according to this, and then Ric Flair beat Blackjack Mulligan in a, in a cage match. Okay, so Blackjack, he's most inspirational wrestler of the year. Here he is in a main event over in Greensboro against Ric Flair because he would have had a bit of baby face. In a case. Yeah. Flair's the heel because the champ, Harley, is over at the Scope Center in Norfolk. So anyway, this is, I'm just trying to distinguish between this is uh, this is JCP running two shows on the same night, 1978, folks. Uh, so bear with us here. There's just kind of some things we're kind of just throwing around here, some question marks on them. Does that make sense? Yeah. How can we're Richard How can Richard Blood and Ricky Steamboat be on the same card unless unless there's a different Richard Blood? Well, that's what I'm. That's what I, That's one question for sure. Um, as far as match quality goes, we've mentioned all these. We mentioned a couple people we didn't know, but I do know up there at uh, the Norfolk Center, we mentioned um, uh, Jacques Goulet and Rudy Kay. That's two Canadian guys against the excuse me against the Oak Brothers out of out of Georgia. So I know those guys could go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that we had Skip Young beating Gene Anderson. I don't know if that's a misprint or not, or maybe a DQ or something. But what I was going to get at is. We've got all this talent out here. Um, got two strong men down here. Tony Atlas, he's from he's from Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. So he's wrestling Ken Patera, and so that's two strong men. That may have been maybe the the big draw was a muscle or whatever. But as far as working, all these guys are are credible workers. You know. Yeah. Uh, those would have been would have been great great wrestling shows for the NWA at that time. Um, I think we. I'm not sure. If if all those results are 100% for sure, but at this time we're going to say they are, I guess. It's, yeah. There's I'm, just questions on air. I just, yeah, I, I, I assumed that Richard Blood was Ricky Steamboat, but apparently right. it wasn't. Um, I, I also want to point out here that Chris Tolos was Mr. X uh, number one's tag team partner. Uh, that would be John Tolos' brother and former tag team partner. Right. Uh, so right. This, this dude had been around for a little bit of time and was really from the uh, golden age of the NWA. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'll shoot. Also, oh, uh, Abe Jacobs. I'm just going to, I said back up or Abe yeah. Jacobs was getting, he was getting up there a little bit at that point too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, and Johnny um, Weaver had to have been getting up there or yeah, starting to. That's what I was next. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're seeing Italian of some of these guys' careers and we're kind of seeing the, the, the tip of the beginning of these guys. Some of these guys really take it off to be superstars. Yeah. Uh, uh, namely, probably Ric Flair is going to really take off that jumps the page here. Well, yeah, if, and, if he was Harley stays steady throughout his whole career, you know. Yeah, I was going to say if Flair was most hated that year, then yeah. you know he was really setting on fire. Um, what was I was going to go somewhere with this next part here, but I forgot where it was. Uh, Tony Atlas versus Kim Patera. They that is just. Muscle muscle heads right there, man. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming what you got were big bumps out of that match and lots of clubbing. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm assuming you get in that one. Um, So both these, you think, were these both JCP? Was he, was Jim Crockett running both uh, the Carolinas and Virginia area at this time? Oh, that's that. Both of those are uh, Carolina territory. Greensboro was one of the biggest draws for him. And then Norfolk was a, that was a regular stop too. Uh, yeah, those are those are both uh, JCP towns right there. Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, someone's calling a station there. Yeah. Someone's calling a station. Well, Johnny. Was, they were they were calling in with the uh, the ten songs, but uh, they got the second <laughs> one wrong. So uh, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the Carolinas. Apparently, the AWA had a show. 
Again, we're talking um, November 23rd, 1978. We're going to skip up to uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, for a big AWA show, it looks like. Yep. Uh, let's go from the bottom to top on this one. How's that? Let's start down there at the bottom um, because uh, we'll start the midget match. How about that? Yeah, I was going to say this This has to be a little person match it, just with yeah. these names. Cowboy Lang and Coconut Willie defeat Little Tokyo and Billy the Kid. There you go. Now, I don't know if that's opening match or not. Usually, if you got a match like that on a card, it's usually about third, something like a kind of a gimmick match or special yeah, attraction. Yeah, take a breath, take a leak, you know, yeah. kind of blow some of the tension back out of a place, yeah. Yep. But um, I'll take the next one because I know for sure I can't say the one above it. <laughs> I could say Iron Sheik defeated Kenny J. I knew a Kenny win. Shout out to you, Kenny Win. Lace up those boots and let's go at it again, Kenny Win. Um, Iron Sheik defeated Kenny J. That's not a name that jumps out to me either. Iron Sheik does, obviously. Yeah, Bubba. Uh, the next two, you're good on last names, so tell me these next two. Yeah, uh, Steve Olsenowski versus Cecil Dubois. Uh, Olsenowski goes over with a disqualification by Cecil Dubois. Uh, Dubois is a fun name to say. It just, okay. it just is. I don't know those. I don't know those names at all. But I do. Yeah. I do want to reference something about Sheiky Baby real quick. Okay, sure. Um, I was going through my twitters last week, and Sheik had well, whoever it is that runs his Twitter. I don't. I don't care yeah. that. I don't care that it's somebody else. It's funnier and shit. Okay. Right, uh, so right. the Sheik puts out. He says, uh, you know, where's the beef? And <laughs> and Wendy's answers back. And I wish this was in front of me so I could read it word for word, but it's not. But Wendy's answers back, hey, Bubba, the the beef is in our cheeseburgers, and don't worry, our cheeseburgers are way better than that jabroni Hulk Hogan. And (laughs) to which the Sheik replies, Wendy's, did we just become best friends? And to me, (laughs) that tweet won the week. I was like, nobody's doing better. Nobody's doing better. I saw that. You're right. You're right. That's a good one, man. That's a real good one. I like it. I can dig it. Uh, back to, uh, the, the show here, we've got Bobby Duncan defeating Paul Ellering. Uh, I think Paul wrestled as Paul to Bull Ellering, if I'm not mistaken. I think uh, during this time, yeah, that would have been right. Um, yeah. And Cause he come through Memphis, was holding back a truck, uh, doing some strongman feats at that time. Well, like he put himself against the wall and the truck was driving. Uh, Ken Patera did that same thing. Uh, they both did, uh, did that when they came through Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe one I'm done on another TV, I'm just saying, but both of them done some strongman stunts is what I was getting at. Yeah. So I think Paul, he, he wasn't precious Paul then, of course, but I think he was, uh, Paul, the boy Ellering for a short time. Yeah, I could well, be wrong. Well, and those, you know, those of us who mainly knew him as a manager, Paul Ellering in his day was a fucking slab of beef. I mean, dude was, yeah. dude was like that Jesse, the body Ventura, uh, superstar yes. Billy Graham kind of category. Yeah. Um, you know, where he was that, um, you know, just that bodybuilder, like show bodybuilder kind of, kind of build. I am guessing, uh, and it'll come to light a little more ahead. 1978, Bobby Heenan must have still been in Detroit okay. or, or maybe Georgia because Bobby Duncombe does, is man. Yeah. They don't have anything here about Bobby Heenan being with him. Yeah. He may have been in Georgia then. 
Yeah. That may be right. Or still, like you said, he might be still working in Indianapolis or uh, for the Sheik or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, he probably wasn't there yet, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We go to Super Destroyer Mark II, which is like a number yep. two. Uh, but he wanted to get the word Mark in there because he's a big fan. <laughs> Defeats Billy Robinson. Now that has to be a fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm thinking it has to be too. Um, and, unless again, unless they was building up for a big angle, which would be a blow off show like like uh, the Thanksgiving show. Yeah. And and I can't see the babyface being defeated like Billy Robinson. I would assume being a babyface against Super Destroyer Mark II. So I. I I can't see it. Maybe this is just a misprint. I'm not sure of the sources here. Just saying, but I think Billy Robinson, I think you're correct. I'd say Billy Robinson probably went over. They may have had a little bit of a thing together and then they blew it off on this, you know, this Thanksgiving show. Um, yeah. Cause just, Billy, just, just thinking Billy Robinson is one of those names that other wrestlers just pass out when they hear it. Right. Know? Yeah. Right. It just, yeah. You know, fuck. You're putting me in there with him. Yeah. That guy's I a- can't see a baby face, you know, getting put, you know, Doing the job that night yeah. on a big show like no, that. No, not on Thanksgiving. I can't. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. It's going to take us to our main event. You want to announce it? Yep. Uh, the main event is Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel versus the AWA Tag Team Champions, Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens, who are, Man. Who are of course, uh, San Francisco mainstays from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the other reason that makes me think that Heenan wasn't there because... Ray Stevens with Heenan was Bockwinkle's tag team partner usually. Yeah. And, and that may have been closer to 79, maybe after the first of this year. We're in November of 78, so that could be, we could be just a couple months away from that, I'm thinking. Yeah. And see, and here's, here's like you're talking about the Thanksgiving show thing, right? Ganya and Brunzel go over, but it's a DQ. Yeah. So they keep the champs strong. But they still give the win to the good guys. Right. The baby faces get the yeah. win. Yeah. Everyone goes home happy on Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. And Start yeah. saving their money for Christmas shows. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Patterson and Stevens were a hell of a tag team. Um, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. We put them in our top ten, too. <clears throat> and Ray Stevens, I think money, dollar for dollar, Ray Stevens, may you may be able to make the argument, might be one of the greatest heels in wrestling. Period. Yeah. And also, bump taker. Yeah. I tell you, he took some tremendous bumps. I always think Kurt Henning, when you watch some of his uh, clips, Henning took some some craziest bumps off some moves, man. But I tell you, Ray Stevens, too, man, he just took some bumps. I mean, he he would fly over that top turnbuckle. He would fly over the top rope. Uh, with body of, with No regard for his body whatsoever as far as the way he took them bumps, man. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> even at uh, – in the future, <laughs> when he's older, yep. you know, going up to WWF, he was still taking some bump for some younger guys at his age. Uh, pretty <clears> impressive, <throat> man. Well, and Bobby, yeah, they would help a tag team. Yeah, Bobby Heenan must have learned that from him because Bobby, when he was doing his, uh, you know, especially in the WWF, because he took some nasty spills there. You know, he would go out over oh, the top yeah. rope flat on his back. You know, yeah, um, that's got to be that same that same school of how to how to sell as a heel. You know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, they were they were like some of the best at it, you know. So anyway, what else you want to talk well, about this week? I, uh, I, Thanksgiving, mm, I, I got a, I got a quick question here, just a real yes. quick one. I know that uh, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel were the hot babyface tag team here. 
How much of that was Greg Gagne riding on Jim Brunzel's fucking coattails? I'd say a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, remember yeah. much about Greg Gagne as a wrestler. I just remember he looked yeah. smaller than everybody else, which is yeah. whatever, you know, take take it or leave it. His dad yeah. was a great wrestler. Yeah. And he tried shoving Greg Gagne down our throats, and it didn't take off, which is just further proof that the Von Erich boys were as good as they were supposed to be. Yeah, good be- point. Because you can shove as much as you want, but it's not always going to work unless there's some charisma and some style and some skill there. Yeah. And uh, Brunzel, you know, he had a pretty good career. He had a, he had a really good body, and mm-hmm. he could wrestle pretty damn good. You know, he's pretty athletic. Um, so yeah, and I think he, um, think he, um, I think he broke in around '75 with Flair and him, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, well, these I think these, he was in that group, that first group, Iron Sheik. Uh, the the group that got, Greg gone, or excuse me, Burn trained that group. Uh, Iron Sheik was in that group with. Yep. Uh, uh, he's on here. He is on a show, and we're talking '78. They broke in in '75. It's Iron Sheik's on one of these shows. Um, thank you, Rick Flair's on one of the shows we mentioned. And um, who am I missing there? I just said Jim Brunzel. There's um, oh Billy Robinson coached them some yep. at those camps. I know that because I know Sheiky maybe put him over as one of his coaches. There's someone. Oh, uh, Kim Patera. There we go. I knew it was. So you got Rick Flair, Kim Patera, Jim Brunzel. And uh, Iron Sheik, four guys. Um, trying to think of the fifth guy they trained with, but that there was only like five. Oh, Greg Gagne, right there. There it is. There's four or five guys from 1975 here to 1978 working on major cards across the United States that Vern trained. Oh yeah. See, there's a tie, and that's the tie-in. In '75, they were all breaking into business. They had been trained by Vern Gagne, and there's five of them, and there they all are working in some capacity. Uh, when he shows two of them actually been in a main event, uh, two, three of them being in a main event, Greg Gagnon, Jim Brunzel, and then up there, when, uh, Rick Flair was in a main event. So, um, and then we got, um, like I said, Iron Sheik and Patera, all those guys trained together. Wow. That's interesting. This yeah. is three years after breaking in, they're doing this kind of business. That's great. And as we know, they all, you know, still did pretty damn good for the rest of their careers as well, too. Well, yeah, because, so, you know, uh, Jim Brunzel would go on to be in the Killer Bees was probably his right. biggest um, biggest move. And that was a hell of a tag team, too, during their, yeah, they were. During their they time. Sure yeah, were. Um, it, that, The mask gimmick, I've always loved that twin magic horse shit. I don't know why it, it amuses <laughs> me as much as it does, but it does. Um, yeah. Especially when you get Coco Beware trying to pull off the third man routine and, they, and you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. That yeah. kind of stuff. It's stupid, but it still makes me laugh. Um, this was a okay. So Thanksgiving was a good night for wrestling in 1978. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man, it's it's. I don't know. It's gonna be such a good good Thanksgiving <laughs> for WKRP ratings in 1978. Um, uh, this episode episode aired October 30th of 1978. So uh, we we had the uh, we had a turkey drop. We was talking about okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Show's called Turkeys Away. With that said, I think we need to close things down uh, for Thanksgiving by telling everyone we wish and hope that you have had a nice Thanksgiving by the time you hear this or are going to have a nice Thanksgiving by the time you hear this. I don't know. Um, I'm going to let Jeremy take us out of here in just a few seconds, a few minutes, whatever he needs to do. Um uh, you already had a caller in on that, uh, name, name these 10 songs and win $5,000. It said, 
Easy as that. <laughs> they had one, and he got them. He got them wrong. Yeah. Um, well, okay. let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's head over to our man on the street, Les Nesman, and uh, see what's going on. This is Les Nesman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center, where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the big WK hey, on the Turkey Thanksgiving giveaway. Hey, you got permission to be out here? What? You're blocking my store here, buddy. Don't you know who I am? Huh? I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye Newshawk Award last year. <laughs> For you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. Creep. <laughs> so far, so good, huh? I'm here with hundreds of people who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure is that in a very few moments, there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. Now, the crowd is... The, the crowd is, uh... Curious, but well-behaved. <laughs> I think I hear something now. Uh, the crowd is moving out into the parking area. And, oh yes, I can see it now. It's a, it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. helicopter? It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner. And it says, uh, happy Thanksgiving. From W... seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to, to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. The third. There's no parachutes yet. Jesus, that was a that was a little unexpected there. Uh, well, uh, Bobby, what's what are your thoughts on that? As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. 